Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Sales Vitamin Podcast. I'm your host, John Basong. I'll be deconstructing the playbooks of some of the most successful sales authors, leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, field sales professionals. We're going to discuss their strategies, their perspectives, and their insights. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your vitamins because here we go. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Sales Vitamin Podcast, where every episode is going to help you get better as an individual sales performance. And today's guest is going to help your team get better as a sales team. And she's also going to help you get better with your individual sales performance. Her name is Sarah Worth, and she's the president of Excel Institute. They're the world's first and only organization to measure and quantify leadership effectiveness. And we'll talk about sales leadership effectiveness today and uh, see how we, we put some numbers and how we kind of measure that. Sarah, it is great to have you on the show today. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. Really excited to talk with you and your listeners today. I'm excited too because this is such a good, uh, good topic. Uh, the uh, coaching effect is is the book that you co-authored, and I really want to talk about that. That is really uh, good stuff. But kind of give the listeners high level your background and kind of how you got to uh, where you're at right now. Yeah, you bet. So I've spent over two decades, John, studying leadership. That's really been the crux of my career. So I started off with an organization that looked at. Uh, leaders in, in terms of selecting them for different roles and who should be promoted into leadership. And then for over a decade now, I've been with Excel Institute. And we were originally founded as an organization focused on just sales leadership. Uh, our founder looked around and saw that there was a lot of great resources for helping salespeople be better salespeople, but not a lot of resources for those individuals that were coaching and leading those salespeople to better results. And so he decided to start Excel Institute a little over a decade ago. And that's really been our mission is studying what creates great sales leadership. And in, in the book, The Coaching Effect, uh, you co-authored with the president. Of, yep. of, of the company and his name is uh, Bill Ekstrom. Correct. What was, was that kind of the, uh, the reason for the book was to kind of summarize, I think you guys looked at over a hundred thousand yeah. uh, data points for this book. Yeah, we're up to over 200,000 now. Wow, <laughs> so, that's <yeah>. amazing. <laughs> we had just, we've done a lot of research over the last decade on what creates great outcome in sales based on the leadership's actions and behaviors. And so because we had all of this great data, we felt like we needed to turn this into something that others could learn from and use and, and figure out how to improve their own sales coaching based on some of the best practices that we know based on the data led to better sales results. So that's why we decided to write the coaching effect is that we just had so much information to share. 
And when you, all these, the, the, you know, up to 200,000 now, but the, what about the customers and even the people that you did in the research? What are some of the key things, the struggles that you've seen that from a sales leadership standpoint or a sales coaching standpoint, when the, your customers come to you, what do you see they're really struggling with? Yeah, a lot of times it's just pretty simple stuff where they promoted some of their best salespeople to be managers because those individuals had a lot of individual success. Right. Uh, and so they they made them managers and they found out after a while, you know what, we didn't really train them. We didn't really teach them how to be a sales coach. Yes, they know how to be a great sales person, right. but how to lead others and help others become great salespeople. That's where they struggled. So they oftentimes just want to know the basics of how often should I be doing different coaching activities like one-to-ones or doing ride-alongs or giving feedback. Right. Um, and also what are some of the good behaviors that great sales coaches have? You know, How should I interact with my team during these different coaching interactions to make them most effective? So a lot of times they're just looking for those basic elements. Have you seen, because it's an interesting topic, I've, I've done podcasts just on that, you know, yeah. does a great sales professional may, mean that he or she will be a great sales manager or coach or leader? Do you, what's the research kind of show there or is it, is it, does it, does it, is it, uh, it depends. Yeah, it is. It depends. Some great, some great salespeople really do become great sales leaders and others really struggle. I'd say about based on our data, about a third of them are really well suited to move into sales management, which is actually a pretty good number when you consider how many people we actually need to move into sales management. Right. So, a third of them have some natural abilities, some inclinations, just some desire to help coach and lead others. And then, of course, it can be refined and trained based on those best practices. One of the things, uh, even the name of the book, The Coaching Effect, mm -hmm. uh, the impact on that sales team's growth, I, I kind of equate it to uh, Nick Saban. You know, the, the Nick Saban effect where, you know, could another coach come in and do given the same talent, what he's done, does the book kind of address that, you know, the coaching effect, the impact yeah. on the team? Yeah, absolutely. That's what so much of our book is about is what is that difference that a great sales coach makes? So you can take somebody who's pretty mediocre, who maybe is more naturally suited to be an individual performer, trade that out for a coach that's really focused on the individual, helping them improve their skills, building good relationships with them. And all of a sudden you'll see a sales team performance really take off. Based on our data, we see that a really great sales leader can bring as much as 2.4 to $4.2 million to the bottom line just wow. with being a better coach. Yeah. What about uh, key metrics? And I know, you know, obviously measuring that coaching effect or that, that, uh, sales coaching effect. How do you help teams put together the metrics that they really need to be looking at? Yeah. So for us, it's pretty bottom line. We really like to look to see what difference that sales leader is making in terms of actual sales. So we'll start our partnership oftentimes by getting that baseline measurement of what sales look like in your organization, how many people are hitting revenue target, uh, how different leaders are leading their teams to hit those revenue targets. Then as we work with them over time, we'll look at that increase in sales performance 
in correlation to the increase in sales effectiveness. So, and the way that we measure sales um, coaching effectiveness is pretty simple. We look at number one, are these coaches doing these activities consistently? like one-to-ones, ride-alongs, team meetings, et cetera. And then we look at how effective those different coaching activities are rated by their team members. So we actually go to the salespeople directly themselves and say, are you getting good coaching from your leadership? What are you doing that's creating results for them? And then we correlate that ultimately to sales performance. Yeah. Talk about the Excel. So what are the, uh, I want to call it uh, programs or platforms, and you may call it something different, but, but where do you, how do you take customers through your process? What does that look like if I'm customer ABC and I come to you, what are the levels of service that you guys uh, deal with? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's probably three primary areas where we have our service. Um, One of those is our coaching effect survey. So that is looking at the performance of those sales leaders through the eyes of their team members. And our survey is a little bit unique because it's really behavioral based. We're not asking the sales team member, are you satisfied? Are you happy? Are things going well? We're digging deeper into what exactly is your sales leader doing that's creating those better results? How often are they meeting with you? How consistent are they in holding you accountable to expectations? What does it look like when they're in a one-to-one with you? What type of topics are they covering? So we we really go pretty deep on those, those coaching behaviors. After we've done our coaching effect survey, then we do a lot of education. So we have what we call our coaching effect Academy, where we take you through a day long session on here's all the best practices that we know the most effective coaches are using. Here's how they're doing them. We do role plays. We do team exercises to make sure that people really walk away well-equipped. And then the third thing that we do is we offer ongoing education and support. So we know that becoming a great sales coach is not going to be accomplished just through a one-day session. Uh, We know it's going to take time building those skills and practicing them over time. So we've got online workshops and actually uh, an e-learning platform that does a lot of ongoing education. So is most of your work right now, are you doing most of it virtually uh, or is it kind of a combination of both in person and virtual right now? Yeah, right now over the last year, it's been very virtual. Um, Prior to that, it was definitely a combination and we're hoping to be able to move back to a combination at some point in the near future. Yeah. Talk about the, uh, you you call the book coaching uh, effect. What's the, why not the leading effect or the manager effect? What's, what's, why did you segment it? Or you say, let's, let's, let's be a coaching effect rather than leading or managing. Yeah. Great question. So as we started to really delve into what created better sales results, we saw that the best managers, the best leaders really did behave more like a coach. So when you, you referenced Nick Saban earlier and you think about, you know, how an athletic coach responds differently to their teams. They're focused first and foremost on building relationships with their players. They're focused on building a winning culture. They're focused on really that day-to-day interaction of looking at what somebody's doing really well, giving them feedback, helping them figure out how to leverage their strengths more effectively, helping them improve in areas where they need to improve. So they're really focused on helping that individual get better at their skills. And that's really what the best sales coaches do. 
They build relationships with their team members. They, they spend a lot of time with them out in the field and learning how they're selling and what they could be doing more effectively. Uh, so they really do behave more like a coach. They're not sitting behind a, a computer screen or just looking at spreadsheets. They're really interacting with their team a lot and helping them build skills. What do you talk about in the book or, or maybe in your training, how you would coach a tenured sales professional versus a brand new sales professional? Or if there's some listeners out there that are like, you know what, I may, I'm thinking about getting into sales. Yeah. You know, what's coaching those two different uh, uh, segments look like? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the new sales professional, they are going to need a lot of basic skill building. So you're going to be doing those kind of ride alongs with them. You're going to be debriefing calls with them. You're going to be talking about how do you, you know, respond to these objections? What's the best way to move the customer forward at this step in the sales process. So they need a lot of that basic skill building with your more tenured sales people, the best sales coaches treat them almost more like a colleague. So they're, they're not focused on the day-to-day coaching of their skills because they know how to do that, right. but they're focused on motivating them. They're focused on listening to their ideas. They're focused on what do you need next in your career to stay most engaged and to keep learning and growing in your current position. So they really, they really treat them more as this collaborative type of partner in coming yeah. up with their development. Yeah. They've, it's much more humanized it is. Uh, on, on that level than like the, just the basic sales skills of prospecting and closing and building <laughs> that relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about um, resources? What are some of the, the key resources that you think the sales coaches really need from their organization? And do you see that they're getting that? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that's, that's actually something that we'll hear from the sales managers a lot as far as a challenge and what they say that they need the most of is really time. Okay. They know that if they're able to spend time out in the field with their salespeople, or even, you know, virtually nowadays coaching their salespeople, that their salespeople are going to get better at point of sale. But what a lot of them say is we get caught up in all of the corporate side of it. So, you know, having to do a lot of forecasting, do, do a lot of internal meetings, looking at spreadsheets all the time. And when we're so focused on those administrative sides of leadership, we don't have time to do the coaching that's going to actually help our salespeople get better. So that's the number one thing they're looking for is take that stuff off my plate as much as you can. So I can really focus in on being a coach to my salespeople. Where would you put sales training today as far as how effective is it? You know, obviously uh, some organizations outsource it to like uh, companies like yourself, like Excel, some keep it in house. Yeah. Uh, Where do you see the, or is there a mixture that's really, you need to have both? What's the, what's that plate look like? Yeah. So there's a lot of great sales training out there, whether it's internal kept in house by a company or or hired out to a, a contractor. There's a lot of good stuff out there. What we see is usually not a lack of quality in terms of the initial sales training, but it's the follow up. 
It's the okay. support after the fact. Yeah. So, you know, about 80% of those skills are going to go away over time if you don't coach to them on the back end. And so that's why it's really important when you do a sales training and invest all that time and money with your sales team, then you've got to make sure on the back end that you're teaching your sales leaders, how do you coach to these new skills? How do you make sure that your sales team members are really utilizing these skills and that you're helping them improve if they're struggling in terms of applying their new learning. Yeah. That's kind of like, so it just doesn't become this book that's getting dusty on a shelf when they go to this two week training or usually a week training or a couple days and yep. they do get the motivation or uh, a company comes in, but then 30 days later, like you said, it doesn't stick. Right. The right. stickiness is what you provide. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why the coaching after the fact, that's the number one difference maker in terms of whether or not that training really sticks. So if you're going to provide that type of training, that's great, but then just make sure you follow it up with, okay, how are my coaches going to support this when my, when my salespeople are actually out in the field again? How, how important is uh, the accountability factor um, from the sales professional, from the individual sales role standpoint and, and getting them to take ownership. And, and I'm, I'm assuming the research in your book really talked a lot about that. Yeah, it did. So one of the key tenets of a good coaching approach is bringing order and accountability to your team members. So making sure that they know exactly what they're accountable for, um, making sure that we break that down for them, you know, can't just give them a sales target. Then we also have to give them some more specific KPIs that allow them to identify, okay, here's the, the sales activities that are going to help me actually get to that target. Yeah. Uh, and then giving them ownership for it. We talk about that a lot in the coaching effect. You can't just tell people what to do all the time because they're not going to necessarily be really bought into that. What you've got to do instead is ask them questions, help them think through what are the actions and behaviors and, and data that I need to be driving if I'm going to hit my sales number. So a great coach will actually involve their team members in figuring out those metrics and then hold them accountable accountable for it once that team members bought into the fact that this is what I need to focus on. Now, one of the things that you talk about too, is putting them in discomfort, you know, mm -hmm. uncomfortable situations. Talk about that a little bit. And what are some, some things that you do to make sure that that happens, that they get uncomfortable. And, and I'm assuming that's for the growth part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, think about to any time in your career, even personally of times of great growth for you. It's usually something that was a little uncomfortable. Maybe you were thrown into a new job, a new company, a new position, uh, and you had to figure it out. You had to really get better in order to tackle that challenge. And so we want to make sure that our sales team members are in discomfort on a pretty regular basis because that's where they grow. And so it can be as something as simple as assigning them a new large prospect to work, somebody that they've never worked at that level of complexity before. Um, sometimes a, a new product launch can be something that really puts them into complexity because now they got to go in and figure out how do I sell this new thing? Yeah. So it can, it can be very much part of just the regular work day, but just making sure that they have regular challenges that are forcing them to learn, forcing them to get outside their comfort zone and forcing them to improve in order to hit their numbers. And have you seen, uh, when you put someone in a, a you know, an uncomfortable situation like that, where they either, they do take that leap or they kind of, it, it's a good barometer for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple of things that are really key to this. If you're going to put your team members in, into discomfort, number one, you want them ideally to be something that you feel like they're capable of doing. So right. you don't want to just throw them a challenge and say, okay, well, let's see what happens. I have no idea if they'll be successful. You want to pick out challenges that you feel like, yeah, they can do this. It's going to be take hard work for them to make this happen, but I absolutely believe they can get there. So you, you got to find the right challenges. And then the other thing that you have to do is you have to have a good relationship with them. Uh, if you're going to be the type of leader that they look at and say, okay, you know what? I trust this person. I know they have my back. If they say I can do it, then I will believe I can do it. Without that relationship though, underlying it, you're just this kind of pushy, you know, maybe sometimes critical force in their life. Right. But if you're, if you have that relationship, they feel like, okay, this person, person is pushing me because they care about me and they believe in me. When you look at the history and, you know, all the research that you've done, what looking back and, and then you look at 2021, how has the sales profession changed? What, what does this, the 2021 sales professional and sales coach need versus how it used to be? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And especially over this last year, I've we yeah. heard from so many of our, of our sales leaders and the salespeople, it's just obviously been a huge challenge for everybody. Um, what I feel like they really need now is an opportunity to, to use their skills again. Um, it's funny. So many salespeople kind of had to go into this customer service mode for a while because right. there were just a lot of challenges and they weren't getting to sell as much. They were just more kind of caretaking of their customers and making sure that everybody was okay. Um, so now that we're moving hopefully beyond that and into more of a sales cycle again, yeah. what, what salespeople are really looking for is how do I do this in this world nowadays? You know, how is our customer, how are they buying differently than they used to? How do I have to sell differently than I used to? They're really looking for support of figuring out a new way. And managers, a lot of times, don't necessarily have the answers. That's okay. It's okay to step back and say, you know what, we're going to have to figure this out together. But being that sounding board for salespeople, asking them questions, helping them figure out new strategies, that's really key right now more than ever, because there's not necessarily a specific path that we can follow now that we're into the kind of this new normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key. And I think you talked about buyers, you know, the buying process is so different now. There's typically multiple buyers. You have to be a good facilitator as much as you do, a, you know, having those sales skills. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And, and you think about that, we model that with good coaching. So we want our we want our salespeople to go out and talk to the customer and ask questions and learn about their needs and identify challenges and then match that up with products and services we have that are going to help address those challenges and needs. We got to model that approach as a coach, as a leader. We can't just go in and talk at people and say, do this and then do that and then make this happen. Instead, we got to ask them questions. We got to find out what are your needs? What are your challenges? You know, what are, where do you need more support? Where do you need more information? Where, where do you need to improve your skills? And then we can help give them ideas that get them bought into trying a different approach. So that consultative way of yeah. interacting on sales is what we should model in coaching. Yeah. And I think the other thing is the business acumen, you know, sales professionals really need to have that business acumen now in today's environment, because that the buyer has so much information. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't understand not only your business on a level of greater depth, but also the buyer's business yeah. on a level of greater depth, oh, yeah. yeah. What, what value are you going to bring to the process? So yeah. that's really key. What's the best way for the listeners uh, to get a hold of you and to get a hold of Excel and, and, and to purchase the book? Yeah, that's so I appreciate you asking. So please come to excelinstitute.com. It's E-C-S-E-L-L institute.com. We have tons of great information for you, white papers, webinars, all sorts of stuff that you can use to learn how to be a better coach right away. Uh, and then if you want to buy the coaching effect, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it at Barnes and Noble. Uh, but yeah, pretty much any anywhere where you can find books, you can usually find the coaching effect. Okay, cool. So all you listeners, make sure you get to the website, get the book, and you're going to be uh, you're going to be a better sales professional and a better sales team for it. And make sure you reach out to uh, Sarah and her team. Sarah, what is one sales vitamin you want to leave the listeners with today? That uh, you know, if there's just one sales vitamin you would would give them today, what is that? Yeah. So my biggest vitamin to whether you're a salesperson or a sales leader is really get outside your comfort zone. Anything that scares you, those are usually the things that you need to try because that's what's going to help you grow and help you get better. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. That's awesome. Our guest today is Sarah Worth. She's the president of Excel Institute, also, also the co-author of The Coaching Effect. It's been great talking to you, a ton of information. We could talk for hours. <laughs> uh, so you listeners, make sure you get to the uh, website. And, and Sarah, thanks for coming on uh, today. This has been some really great uh, sales information. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. You bet. That's it for today's Sales Vitamin. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and please leave a review. It'll mean a lot. Whatever platform you listen on, hit the subscribe button. Have a great day and remember, take your Sales Vitamin.